trailhead full of zombies I met a strange lady She made me nervous She took me in and gave me breakfast And she said Do you come from a land down under? A women go and men wonder Can't you hear, can't you hear the thunder? You better run, you better take cover Welcome to the Edge of Comfort Podcast with your host, Lee Thornquist. Alright, so we are here at the Festy household with the one and only Lars Festy. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. <laughs> it's going to be a pretty casual podcast for us hanging out, watching Cubs game, which by the way, we should actually mute a little bit. Um, just having some beers. Uh, Lars just actually got back from a nine-day trip in Iceland with his girlfriend, and so we're going to talk a little bit about that, as well as just some other random stuff, and just kind of see where the conversation goes, and uh, he also did a, was it a month in Europe? A month in Europe. Last summer, mm-hmm. so he's got some good ex- travel stories from that as well, so um, we were actually just talking about, before we started this, how uh, when you got to Iceland, one of the first things you did was renting a car, and you actually had to do stick shift. So wait, did you actually choose stick shift, or were they like, this is yeah, all we have? Yeah, I chose sti- stick shift prior to arriving, um, but I had no experience driving a stick shift car. Did they know that when you no. signed up? No, they didn't know, didn't ask, didn't care. So it was just, I mean, I had a very, um, I had asked a family friend if, I, if she could take me like, around the neighborhood um, right before I left. So I drove. I did drive around a parking lot. So I learned like just how to get it started. But that was, that was about it. Um, so that, I don't know. That helped me get out of the, the, uh, the, the run up our parking lot. But <laughs> it was three a.m. My body time, and it was raining, and so there was quite a few stalls just right off the bat. <laughs> <laughs> What's the uh, what was the flight there? Um, it was about six six hours. Oh, okay, direct yeah. from Chicago. Direct, direct from Chicago. Oh, nice. That's not yeah. too bad. Which is pretty sweet. Is it a long? Is are they in Eastern time or like just some random? They're Asian I don't even know. Time? Yeah, they're their own time. Honestly, <laughs> yeah, That's they're awesome. six, They're about six hours ahead though. Okay. Yeah. Oh shit! Really? Yeah. I did not know that. Six, okay. six to like eight, something like that. Yeah. Okay. Very cool. Yeah. Did I did I tell you the the story about the the car though like the second or, I think the second or third day um, I got out of Reykjavik fine it was not fun um, but it was like fine um, it was also a crappy car so it's like I mean even if it was automatic I'm still driving a crappy car so yeah. imagine the stick handling is and the handling on it is just not good very so old school <laughs> it's a very small Hyundai with like li- low power and you know, two wheel drive <laughs> um, but I, I missed learning a key a very key uh, piece of knowledge of how to drive a stick shift of what you need to do when you're going up a hill <laughs> and so it's like the third day Allison and I just gotten done with like a two three hour hike and um we're going to the town of Vic which is on the southern part of Iceland and it is raining really low visibility and we're approaching this really steep hill and I'm like all right 
Uphill or down? Uphill. Okay. Uphill. Like, all right, let's get some momentum. I'm in fifth, fifth gear, highest gear, and I'm flooring it, and we're going up this hill, and the car's just going... Like, and I'm just, like, looking at it, and I'm like, I'm flooring it. <laughs> I said, no, we, we stalled. We stopped on the hill, and I tried to get off to the side a little bit, and and just getting... Just having the car um, in neutral, like on a slant, is is tough to get it in the, in the first gear. Because as soon as you're um, as soon as you're shifting, if you're especially if you're you're on a uh, uphill, you start going backwards before you have to, before you get it in first. So you're going backwards, shifting, and getting it in first. Okay. So now I'm on a massive hill, and there's trucks. Oh, so like me. you would have fallen backwards. Yeah. Okay. So you, have, you start going backwards, and then if you don't get it, like you need to pull the emergency brake. And um, so I'm like, these trucks, these big ass trucks are going around me, and like there's nothing. I'm just hazards on, and it took me a couple times. Um, Allison just didn't wasn't saying anything. She was just holding the pressing the hazards on. If I stalled <laughs> again, and I finally I finally get it, and. Um, and I turned to her as we're getting up the hill and I go, I was like, I think you must have to be in a low gear to get up the hill. <laughs> and it was just like, I don't know, in the situation, it was just like, I remember she looked at me, she's like, like, they, they had, they couldn't have rented it, like gave us his car if it couldn't have made it around the ring road. And I'm like, I've been in golf carts that have gotten up like hills this steep. Like this car is getting up this hill. <laughs> So why did you, I guess, why did you choose uh, like for that online? Uh, because their availability of automatics was slim, and so the price was extremely uh, high. Like, it was like $900 for a Chevy, like, cruise automatic, and this was like 250 for the entire trip for this little car. For You had it all nine days? Mm -hmm. Alright, well, then yeah, time to learn how to try stick. Holy shit. Exactly. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Were you most of the time in the capital and then you do like day trips around? Or were you. No. Or were you just kind of going around? We, uh, we had the entire um, kind of trip planned out by uh, where, we were, where we were staying and we. We landed in Kevlovic, which is a little south of Reykjavik, and stayed one night in Reykjavik, and then we basically left <coughs> Reykjavik, and we, the last next time we were going to be back there was when we came full circle. Got it. So, yeah, we, we never really... That was not our home base. We didn't stay at uh, one place twice. Okay. Um, yeah, just a bunch of one-nighters in little, little cottages uh, slash, you know, hostels. Oh, sick. Nice. Oh, yeah. Oh, wait, you did hostels too? We did a... Well, they, we did a hostel the, the last night, which was really funny. Yeah, what is, just, what is an Iceland hostel, I mean, hostel look like? It's, it's, <laughs> it's nothing not like that you wouldn't see in any other European country, honestly. Reykjavik is, is not... I mean, there's 350,000 people in, in the entire... of the population of Iceland. So that's like two suburbs combined here. 350,000 350, in the whole yeah. country. Yeah. Holy crap. So Reykjavik is definitely small, but um, it's, it's still a well 
established city. Um, and I mean, it's drivable in like 15, 20 minutes, but, uh, the hostel that we stayed at was like, uh, there was kind of like on top of like, two car dealerships, which was kind of funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it was, it was called like the, uh, galaxy pod hostel. And, um, when we were, bo- I remember when we were booking it, we just said, let's just do this. It's going to be cheap. And we had already spent like good chunk of money on the other, uh, some other places. We just wanted the cheapest place. Yeah. Um, cause Iceland's expensive. And, um, this galaxy pod hostel was, uh, like actually like galaxy pods. Imagine like, like plastic, they're like plastic, like space looking like pods that have, that are white with like sliding doors. So there's, we walk into a room that's, you know, it looks like a dorm room, but there's like four of these things. So one down here, one up here, here and here, and they sleep two in each of them. So there's these like literally like white, like plastic things with a sliding door that's like circular and there's like these blue lights in them and you power on and it's like (laughs) and it's got like plugins and stuff in there for you but that's and that's it and there's just this like probably two feet or less of hallway just to have your stuff so it's literally just like a bed and like a tiny little like like could you stand up fully in it no no oh no No. we were on the top one too so we like climb up and you're you're just in there that's wild yeah (laughs) have you ever seen those things the um I don't. It actually might be in Iceland, or it's somewhere like that. But it's kind of it's like a dome, a oh, glass dome. Yeah, we looked and you in. Sleep the, under the yeah, we were like, we looked in the stain there. Is that in Iceland? Um, yeah, did they have them. Yeah, I'm sure. they. It's that was I like. Oh yeah, yeah. That's pots. that is in that is in Iceland. It's like this glass. Like I don't know. I forgot what it was called. But we looked in the stain there. We planned our trip like five months in advance, and they were booked up. Um, and. But yeah, those are five months in advance. They're booked up. Yeah. Holy crap. Yeah, that would have been really cool. Did you see the Northern Lights? I know you saw it a few times. Did you see it every night, pretty much, or? Oh no, no. It's um, I mean, we heard people. We heard of people that would go there and just stay in like a very popular area for them to for the Northern Lights to show up for a week straight, and they wouldn't see them. So, but like they, but the locals are like, yeah, we see them all the time. <laughs> Um, so it's just kind of, it's just interesting cause you know, you have a ton of tourists that are just like, are the Northern Lights coming out tonight? Um, it was pretty cloudy and there's, we learned like, there's a combination of a lot of things. There's a combination of the sun, um, setting the moon rising and, um, and like the, the clouds where they're at to be able to see them. And even if they're going to be active and there's different levels of activity, I knew nothing about them, uh, prior to going. There was, uh, yeah, there's this forecast that we, that we were keeping tabs on. And the second to last night, uh, we, uh, had a pretty cool place, um, that looked over a small town, um, called Borganis, 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 yeah. And it also looked over like this mountain area and this uh this river um and it was just a really cool little cottage 
and we just grabbed a bottle of wine and laid on the front porch of it. And you're, it's already amazing because you're looking at so many stars, more than you normally see. And I saw several shooting stars, and then these, it's, it's like, they're just dancing, like they, they like dance. These just the like, yeah, these like string of lights just are dancing around and they start moving quicker and then they'll slow down and that's so cool. it's just so cool. Yeah, it's really my, like, it's just incredible. Um, and then the, ne- the next night was our final night in Reykjavik and we were looking at the um, forecast and it was at like, it goes from like scale of one to nine, nine being extremely strong and one being just not, not active. Yeah. And it was at a nine and the woman, and also in Reykjavik, um, th- was supposed to be extremely clear skies. And this, we walked into this, like, actually this Northern Light photography shop because we wanted to ask, like, where would be the best place to go see them? And she would say, well, this is an incredible night to be here because, um, you know, our astronomers have not seen uh, this type of activity for 12 plus years. So we're like, holy cow, we're going to see them, like, see them, see them. Because the night before we... 12 plus years? Yeah. Oh, my God. The, the night before we had seen the, the night before we had seen them, but they weren't like the green time lapses that you see. What and, you think about? Uh, yeah, what you, you think, think about? Yeah. yeah. So we drove out of Reykjavik, and I so we saw a golf course on the uh, on the map, and I was it was really dark, and we're driving the, the shitty stick shift car, and um, we're just trying to find a perfect spot where we could just like lay down and hang out and kind of look over the, I wanted to look over at the water, the ocean, as well as the city of Reykjavik. I finally found like this perfect spot on, a, on this golf course, camped out with the, got the camera. She actually got the camera set to the perfect settings to like capture them. <laughs> I got the tripod like facing up and we're just drinking a bottle of wine and we laid, laid out and like they appeared and they appeared to like the level we had seen the night before, but um, it got to a point where it was like, 12:30. We had been out there for a couple hours. It was cold, and um, they but they didn't come at that 12. Like the, what they were saying, was they hadn't seen in 12 years. Yeah. So I just imagine you know the activity um, is I don't know. There's just so many different factors of the Northern Lights I learned that affect it. But like what? Still, like um, as, as I was saying earlier, the 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 way that the sun sets and the moon rises. Because um, yeah, and the moon was out like. <laughs> Moon was out. It was bright. Yeah, the way that the sunset and the moon rises um, affects affects it, and I'm sure there's so many other different factors of how they come out. But um, jeez, yeah, it was really still really cool to see. Damn. Well, like we got like category four hurricanes going on. And I it's know. Like, oh, we got a category nine Northern Lights mm-hmm. night. Like mm-hmm. that sounds a lot better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, there, there's a lot of volcanoes and stuff too in Iceland. Right? Yeah, ton, ton of. Uh, I mean, when when you're driving, especially without a tour, you don't really know if you're looking at a volcano or not. True. But you know you got to be close because of these uh, uh, lava fields. It's really clear what the lava fields looks like. So this is a, a, a volcano had erupted, and if you can imagine what a volcano looks like, you know the volcanic rock. Yeah. Um, Just it's, yeah, but these are like, they're kind of like moss covered. So they're these 
it's just really, really weird looking, um, you know, rocky, flowy formation, but they're covered in this green moss. So you, you like, there were times where we're on the road and you're surrounded on both sides with this, this lava rock and it was just trippy. It's like, where are you? You know, <laughs> thought you were in another world. Yeah. I'm guess, could you walk on it or like? Yeah, you could. Okay. Yeah, you, you definitely could. Yeah, Allison, uh, Allison, we were near the end of the trip. They are coming back and, um, we were going up to this volcanic crater and it was one of those times I had, I had a time where I was like, I can't, I'm not going to be able to enjoy this if I don't go pee right now. And she said that she, I was, she was like, I have to pee. I was like, how bad? Cause I was like, so excited to go up this thing. I was like, come on, let's just go. She said like, like will you said earlier, I won't be able to enjoy this unless we go pee. And I was like, all right, well, I don't see a bathroom anywhere. And you know how this road can be. It could be forever until we see one. So you're going to have to just, we're just going to have to find a spot. And uh, she's going to hear you for telling the story. But uh, she, like, had, we had to crawl through some lava fields and uh, she found, found a good spot. And uh, then we climb up this, we climb up this volcanic rock in this crater, up these stairs. It's not, not like we're scaling it. Um, but now you're up high and you can see around you. And literally, like, if I had driven just right around the corner from where we parked, there was like a gas station and a few, a few places. <laughs> Did <laughs> you find that out after you went? Yeah. Oh yeah. no. We get up there and I was like, "Hey, look, there's a gas station." She's like, "Are you fucking kidding?" <laughs> yeah. This is really funny. So, did you do a lot of hiking and like just kind of sightseeing or like like I guess landscape scene? Yeah. Or, like what? There wasn't like. What did your typical day look like? I guess there wasn't as much like hiking hiking as I expected um just the way that the the land works like very inland is not as inhabited um and civilized so I'm sure there's really cool stuff to see but it's not accessible it's not very accessible so around this uh ring road is the highway one that they call it the like major sites to see are very accessible so, um, you know, we'd spend a lot of time driving and then you, you know, you, some places you literally can drive up to, you can literally drive up to this massive waterfall and, and in the, in this golden circle area, the golden circle is a more popular place to travel. That area is filled with tour buses and things like that, um, at these waterfalls that you can drive up to. So that wasn't that as fun, but um, I mean, they're great sites, but, you know, you're just surrounded by people. Yeah, it's just... Yeah. Um, so there's a few... But a few times that we had looked up, you know, there's some things that you could walk to um, that are kind of out of the way and not everyone does. So that's when we get into the hiking. You know, let's go search for this thing that we read about on a travel blog or in a book that we, we got, the Lonely Planet Iceland book. Okay. So I did some reading on that. So, yeah, there was a few days... I looked at, I was checked on my steps because in, it's funny, in, in Europe, there were a few days that I was at like 25,000 steps because we walked all over Europe. So I, I was like, I was looking at my phone and nice and we didn't really do that as much because you're driving, you go walk to one thing, you see it and you got to, I mean, we packed the punch each day. So you kind of had to move on to the next one, yeah. you know, um, which was not, I mean, I like 
kind of that style. It's like you're here, let's see as much as we can. Yeah. Um, but we also did it so there was a nice balance where you felt like, you know, when you see something that's really cool and really neat, you had time to just feel like you had nowhere to be and just take you could take it in and there's you know, if you just want to stay there all day, you could. Um, oh, that's, yeah, you that's know, just that, that time of it, you like, know. Well, it's, it was also nice that everything we were seeing was basically free to see. So we weren't like, oh, well, we have to make this. We paid for these tickets to go at this time and things like that. You know, we were on our own time the entire trip. So, you know, there was a t couple, one day that the weather stopped us from doing a couple things just because it was low visibility and, um, I mean, you see all these great pictures, but you really, out there, you, it's like these great pictures are on, like, the perfect day, you know? Yeah. Um, so, there was one day we had, we packed it pretty full, and we were just like, all right, we're going to skip this thing, because even if we get out there, we're probably not even going to be able to see it, because it was out on the water. Um, and we just, yeah, like, to get dry out on, on the water, meaning, like, out on the ocean. Like island, or... Yeah, it was like this. Did you ever like take a boat somewhere? Or um, no, we almost did a whale watching tour up north in Holsevik, uh, but we decided to do the horseback riding instead. Ooh. Yeah, the the whale watching would have been cool, but it was getting a little a little colder uh, up north, and at that time of year, or this time of year, okay, like forty, which is not that cold, but you know. We didn't have winter jackets. Yeah. And when it's out of the water, even colder. <laughs> but. How, do you know how long it would, like, take you to drive from one side of Iceland to the other? Like, if, I I guess I should look on it on the map and see, like, how big ge geographically it is. Um, I mean, like, following that road, because I don't think there is a road going okay. straight across. Got it. Um, following that, I mean, put it this way, I put... I put probably twenty five hundred kilometers on my on the car, like three thousand, almost three thousand kilometers on the car. Okay. So I don't. So it's not. That's not small. Well, no. or yeah. What did um? What was the comparison you made to it? Oh yeah. Um. Um. I think that the best way to describe it is. Um, for people in the states is that it's like a combination of the landscape of Hawaii uh, being the kind of the volcanic rock and volcanic formations and the and the waterfalls of Hawaii okay California coast there was a lot of just coastline when the sun was setting that you just felt like you were you know driving the California coast um, Arizona uh, some of the like red rock uh, as well as Colorado Red Rock, but also Colorado Rocky Mountains, uh, you know, snow-capped mountains. Um, I, if we could combine that and smush it into, like, Texas, because Texas is, obviously, like, our biggest state. Yeah. You know, Iceland's bigger than Texas, but... Oh, um, okay, then, but yeah, it's, that's it's not just a, It's, yeah, it's a little... Iceland, I don't know how much, how much though, by how much, um, but... You know, it's like if you can imagine just because it, it, we in, in the states we think of we just think of all of our size comparisons and by states, but if you can just squish all of that into one small area that you could drive around, you know, it's pretty much Texas. Yeah. If you rinse, if you like, it's definitely drivable in like two days of driving. 
But you'd be driving like the whole but time. But you'd be driving okay. the whole time. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, then that I guess that's like similar to Texas then. Like. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's that's good to know. Oh. And honestly, in the um, in the summertime, they they get like two hours of of darkness, and it's not even full darkness. Yeah. It's, isn't that crazy? This host family was telling us like. In the summertime, it's crazier. Her kids are jumping on the trampoline at midnight, and she's making dinner <laughs> at, like, 1 a.m. They don't even know what time. Like, they just lose so much track of time. So, theoretically, during that time, when it's daylight, you could drive. You could probably drive around the whole island. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. I know there's... So, the, is there also a time when it's, like, dark for 22 hours? Yeah, so in the winter it's it's dark a lot. It's it, it's gets they get like eight hours of sunlight, um, or less, probably less, because it, yeah, definitely less. That's brutal. <laughs> yeah, that'd be awful. Like yeah, we yeah. we complain about when it's like oh man, I go to work and it's dark out, and I get back from work at or like when you leave work at four thirty five and it's dark, like that's yeah. bad, but. At least, like, you can look outside in the day and see light. But, like, imagine just being at work and it being dark that whole time, too. <laughs> so, would you recommend... I mean, is... Do you pretty much have to run a car? Or, like, what are the other alternatives if you don't want to I mean, back? you get a private tour guide that drives you around. Okay. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, it's, it's highly recommended to rent a car. And I would, I mean, I would highly recommend the trip. The thing is, is that it's most common to go for like three to four days and do this, the golden circle, as I t t said earlier, um, which is, you know, you get into Reykjavik and then there you start going a little northeast and there's this, this kind of circular area where you can see a big, um, you can see a big uh, geyser. You can also in this time period, you can see a big waterfall. Um, you also can get to the coastline, but it is, it's just packed with people. So people will particular like, it's not packed, like, but relative to the, the rest of the island. Packed for Iceland. Yeah, it's packed for Iceland. And, and I mean, it was tough to, you know, just really enjoy it when there's, imagine, I mean, imagine being at, like, around an area around the Grand Canyon and the entire, the entire Grand Canyon is just like the edge line is just covered in people. Yeah, it's like, that's it kind of defeats like the. Yeah. So I just yeah. like just with that with that said, it I just felt that my most my, my favorite parts of the trip were basically basically as soon as we got north of Vic. Vic is so a lot of people will come in and ride Vic, do this Golden Circle, might drive the coastline of Vic, and then they'll come back and then they'll fly out and spend a couple nights in Reykjavik and then fly out. Got My it. favorite points of the trip were where, where we were at as soon as we got out of there. Because we would see, you know, big waterfalls with really cool things. And Alice and I were like one of five to ten people there. Yeah. You know, who um, are groups there. Um, you know, we weren't, there weren't massive tour buses and um, things like that. Yeah. So, random question, but so I know like... When you were in Europe, did you do, like, a lot of, like, churches or museums? I don't know if you did as much with that, because I know you guys had um, kind of a different schedule. We didn't do any, really, museums, but I went into a few churches. Um, I mean, did Notre Dame, they, uh, did uh, Sagrada Familia in Barcelona. 
Um, did a couple others. Not really many, not like any, maybe small, like free walk-in museums that were okay. like along the thing, but not many like planned um, museums. Yeah. Okay. Well, like, so what, what I was trying to say is like, like when I was in Cambodia, they're most famous for like temples. Oh, right. You know, so, right. and I, I did a day of seeing temples pretty much. Really? And like, you can oh, do that. Nuts. You can do that in Europe of like a day of seeing churches yeah. and stuff. Right. But like by the end of it, like the last three or four, you know, you get there and you're like, I know. Cool. Yeah. You're like, it, it could be the most famous thing. You're just like, yeah. I don't want to see another church. I, I don't want to see another exactly. temple. Like, just get me yeah. out of here. Like, and there so, were, <laughs> we had, we got to that point a few times with just waterfalls. You know, okay. we'd, um, you know, we'd just be like, well, we've seen <laughs> a lot of waterfalls. How, like, how much different can this one be? Yeah. And we saw, I mean, these, a lot of them were really different and really cool. But yeah, we, there was a time where I think I was like, I think we should just keep driving. <laughs> it's like, it's like, oh, there it is. I yeah, guess. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, exactly. All right, so that's good to know that even some natural things like that, you can just kind of if there's too much, it's too much. Yeah, that's yeah. good to know. Right. I mean, there were like, you know, where you get to that that like that balance of like, all right, I'm out here. I know I'm tired. I know I'm hungry. I'd much rather just be showered and like drinking a beer right now, but I should go see this, whatever it may be. Yeah. Um, there was, I mean, there were a couple of times that we, you know, pushed, pushed it to go see things, but that's given. Um, but there weren't many times where it was like, like we're dragging to just forced to go see something and it's the end of the day, you know, either that it was planned well or, um, you know, we just had skipped something earlier or whatever, just made, made the right timing calls. It was, it was nice. We did end our, our days. Um, we ended our first day going to, it was called the secret lagoon and it's, so the blue lagoon is, these are all naturally geothermal pools. So they're, they're just naturally. (laughs) So, and these, the, the water, um, the water out of the showers from these from these heated um, pools. And how it works, I, I don't really know. <laughs> Not but, a scientist. <laughs> yeah, but um, but it was it's cool because it's like you can see the actual heat of the natural the natural natural pools is like too hot for most humans to go into. So I, they like control it to get into area they can tr- control the temperature so that you can go bathe in in a pool um who does, the people like that yeah 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 or like someone out the rangers or whatever yeah okay yeah something um or a, yeah an establishment so um the blue lagoon is and i might be wrong on that but it seemed like that's what they did but uh the blue lagoon well no because in the secret the secret lagoon there was in sorry there was an area <laughs> That is said, this is too hot. Like, don't touch this water. But then you are, then five feet away from it, you're bathing in that water. So there had to have been some control on okay. it. Okay. Um, but it's all natural water. Okay. But the Blue Lagoon is the most popular lagoon destination. It's in Keflavik, and it's right by the airport. So a lot of people will do that if they even have a layover. Um, and it's very popular. It costs a lot of money to you know, it's kind of a spa salon and we plan to do that our last day, but we were kind of searching for these other geothermal pools the rest of the time. 
So it was cool. By the time we got to the Blue Lagoon, we had seen like six different ones and we had been in like three different ones. So we kind of knew what they were all about. And what was great is that the ones that we had been in were really small and you could just enjoy yourself. So it was nice. The, the second day we ended our night um, drinking beers in what was called the Secret Lagoon, which is actually on the Golden Circle. It wasn't extremely secret, but it was a lot <laughs> smaller in scale. Um, and, so what? Uh, so what's like a big lagoon look like? I guess like how many? Like all right, if you're looking at a typical hotel hot tub, is it like double well, that or like well, way, way, way bigger? Well, it, dep- it depends on what they can do. Um, so it depends on they definitely have to do some man making. For some of these places, they have to do some man making of you know making that pool. So it depends on how big they make it. Um, but also there were other ones that were like just a hole in the ground. Like like the size of a hotel hot tub. Okay. Um, the secret lagoon was like, uh, the size of, uh, I don't know, like a, just a, a, a public pool. Okay. Um, but it's not like a it's not like a square. Yeah. It's kind of like a rocky yeah. area. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So there was, and then the other my my actually my probably my favorite one that we went to was up north by Lake Mavaton. It's called the Mavaton Baths. It's up, up on top of this, basically a mountain that looks over, uh, down on on this town and and over the lake Mavaton, and it was just absolutely gorgeous. Similar blue color of the like the Blue Lagoon, just you know, water is like 104 to 106 degrees Fahrenheit, like silica. It's got silica in it, so it's really it's just smooth on your skin and soft and like light blue and. Damn. Yeah, it was really cool. That sounds so sweet. <laughs> yeah. It was really cool doing that, like, at the end of a day. Of, I mean, I drove the whole time, so there's a lot of times where I was, you know, I'm not able to look around. I got to focus on the road, even though that was still very much enjoyable. Um, it was so great just looking at everything while you're driving. I didn't feel like I was driving to southern Indiana, you know, <laughs> like... Yeah, yeah, it's it was a not little like, more scenic than like the Midwest. 65. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if we asked you this already, but you know, obviously before a trip, you, know, you kind of look at stuff to do and what you know, what do you have to see, whether it's you know touristy or not, you know what what to avoid. Like you kind of develop some sort of expectations. So I guess yeah. what surprised you most about Iceland? I mean, I really had, I, I felt like no matter what type of planning we did or reading, I just had no idea what to expect. Really? Just okay. in, I really had no idea what to expect on like, I mean, I didn't do a ton of like planning. I kind of like the go with the, like, just go with the flow. Kind of you get there and you got to figure it out and just fit in. Um, but I, I just didn't I didn't have any idea of like you know you see these main things that are they're, they're just like the best uh, natural attractions around the entire island and you're just like wondering yourself how could it go from that to that you know and so I guess one of my biggest surprises is that I'd be driving like over a hill and then next thing you know I'm going down this hill and the landscape of the valley that I that I was driving up and what I'm looking at now was just completely different. 
like something just is changed like that. Um, like maybe I was in a gorgeous valley that, you know, there's got mountains or a volcano on both sides. And then next thing I know, I'm in a lava field and it's just flat and it's just green moss, oh, okay. like green moss lava field. That was very, I mean, just the, the, the change in landscape was very surprising. Um, I, I thought, I guess, um, just the way that, like, we all, I, we only actually met one of our Airbnb hosts, and it was pretty explicit on our site. Like, you know, this is a true bed and breakfast stay. I've got kids running around. I've got animals. Like, my husband's this, that, and she made us breakfast in the morning. We hung out with her family, like, drank wine on the, on the dinner table and talked all night. That was awesome, but the, all the rest of the Airbnbs were like, no contact at all. It was just a, you know, people in uh, people over there that have figured out, you know, that this is a lucrative business and they figured out a way to make their cabin sleep six couples and everyone just has a different lockbox and you get your lock, go to your lockbox and then you got to be out, get your key to your room. There's just, you walk up to the house, it says, welcome. And you're like, so some of your hostels were like shared ones, but with other no. travelers, or not yeah. hostels. Yeah. These Airbnbs were, yeah. These were, were shared Airbnbs with other travelers. Yeah. yeah. Oh wow, I've never heard of that. Yeah. So it was like you know we only had a room in the a room in this cottage, you know. Uh, yeah. Next door was another couple, and and it's like this definitely wasn't built for this purpose. It could yeah. you know they definitely changed it around. To be with, uh, and still they can't keep up with the amount of tourists that are there, and which is which I love. I mean, I felt like I've seen it a great time because it's still pure. You know, it's still very pure. It's I, I mean, you kind of look around and you think about the tourist boom that they're experiencing. You think about how you know develop real estate developers would look at this with money, you know, dollar signs in their eyes, and they would um, capitalize on it. And, you know, it's, it's great because it's just still very pure, very lush land that seems untouched. Yeah, so I guess, did did you feel, like, along with that, so did you feel like there was really any other, like, cultural influences that have affected that place? Like, you know, if you go to pretty much any other country now, you see a McDonald's or a Starbucks or, you know, westernized a little bit. Yeah. Did you feel like Iceland has experienced that at all? or Not really at all. I mean, there was a Taco Bell, I think I saw it in, um, in Reykjavik area. No McDonald's, no Starbucks. Um, I think, well, I think in Reykjavik there were some, you know, like how you'll be, like, if you've ever been to, like, a boardwalk area in Florida and there's, like, a stand here for some sort of, like tour and a stand here for another tour and they're just like bop 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 yeah you know? down by the harbor in Reykjavik there were a few places like that and you know there was a guy going around trying to sell everybody on going out on one of the whale watching boats for a northern lights tour so that's just like kind of your classic like here's a tourist kid you know entrepreneurial type of like in your face get out on the like let's use this yeah. whale watching boat for a, a night Northern tour, a Northern, Northern Lights Light. tour, and <laughs> like, well, the Northern Lights aren't guaranteed. Yeah. So that's just in that area, and that's just specific. That's really just in that area of Reykjavik. So that's just a small part that I ever saw that this was kind of touristy, or just westernized. 
the rest of it, I think, is very much Icelandic on its own. That's I mean, awesome. Um, not really any, not really many influences from other European countries besides you know Scandinavia area because it is Norwegian, um, Sweden settlers. Okay. Uh, you know Vikings. Um, no, but that's really cool though, because like that's, I can't think of anywhere in Asia that I went at least that had that, that was like still untouched like that. I, mean, I guess actually Cambodia was pretty untouched by that. Yeah. But like um, Croatia was Croatia was definitely the most um, like I, what I felt was the purest form of the country of the European countries. That okay. I visited. Where did you all go again in Europe? Um, I did Germany, Austria, Hungary, uh, Croatia, Montenegro, Italy, Spain, uh, France, Amsterdam, the Netherlands, and Ireland. Holy shit. Yeah, that's time. I did not realize there was that many. Yeah. Holy crap. Yeah. <laughs> Ten countries in a month. That's wild. Yeah, that was awesome. So, have you ever thought about doing something like, like going to one country for a month, or like, obviously, like with a job right now, you can't really do that. But like, right. if you had, t- if you if you had the time available to, instead of like trying to like, do like, as many places in this yeah. amount of time as like, let's just go to one place and really try to understand what it's all about or something. Honestly, I've never really thought of that. Uh, like I've never spent too much like deep thought in it um, I could definitely see myself maybe wanting to do that maybe like two weeks in one country two weeks in another yeah no but yeah I, it's just it completely depends like I could definitely see myself wanting to spend a month in Australia true you know yeah um, but the thing is it's like especially in Europe once you get out there like a flight, I think, from the, our flight from, uh, you know, Italy to Spain, or yeah, was so cheap, and like from Spain to Paris, Barcelona to Paris, like so cheap. So it's like when you're doing a trip like that, especially at that age, like yeah, you, you gotta take advantage of the forty dollar flight. Yeah, but yeah, I could, <laughs> I could see myself wanting to take advantage of really, you know getting to understand a culture I just don't know where I, where that would when that would happen in my life where I could spend a month in just one area yeah so it'd need to be in a location where you want to spend a month at least yeah I felt there was enough yeah. to do yeah, yeah. that makes well, sense well I mean there's obviously you can there's a month there's enough to do for a month in uh, in Montana you know true so it's like and I, I mean you probably learn a shit ton yeah that's true Oh, the one one thing that about would go back to your question of what surprised me most about Iceland, um, and Alice was kind of giving me some shit about it. Uh, I think just being from where we're at in the states, uh, she's from you know Southern Indiana, where you know, it's not uncommon if there's everyone in in a town near her knows each other and you know farm families and things like that. Me being from suburb Chicago, you know, it's just completely different. So I constantly was, when we started getting out on the countryside, I was just like, what do these people do? You know, they're kind of far away from Reykjavik. So there's got to be something in this area that they are 
that they are, you know, some sort of fish or this is the best place to raise this type of animal or thing like something to, you know, ship to Reykjavik or, or ship to another. There's, I mean, there's a few harbor towns, but I assume most of the stuff goes out of Reykjavik. But I, I was just, when you see a lot of these houses, I'm like, so where are the kids going to school? You know, what are these people doing for work? And, um, and when we stayed in, in Klamstengi, Klamstengi, <laughs> Which we were saying have 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 the entire time because it's H V A M and Stangi S T A N G I. So you think it's like Ham Stangi? We learned that the H V A M N together is clam. So it's like clam Stangi, clam Stangi. I'm like, so people start saying that. I'm like, no, we're going to Ham Stangi. Like, yeah, it's clam Stangi. Where? Yeah, but anyway. When we got there and stayed with this host family, you know, they were telling this this wife or the woman that ran the um, that we stayed with uh, was saying that um, you know she quit her job because she was unhappy with school at the time, and she you know she comes back her husband says what are we going to do now? She's like we'll figure it out, and you know what that basically meant was he is going to. On top of his carpentry job, he was going to go help out a friend that is running a farm down the street, and he's going to shoe horses. And, you know, and he's literally going to, you know, shoe put a shoe on on horses. And she was going to um, help with the sheep in the area, or help at the bakery. And this is all for like, you know, for money um, as a part of their job. But it's just interesting because they were both teachers, but at different times they had done other jobs to just get more income and it's basically you know it's like other jobs and trade to support the other people in town so you know at the bakery um, the, the morning the next morning they said come down for breakfast around eight because my husband is going to the baker and he's bringing like getting the fresh bread so I'm just kind of imagining these towns people you know getting in line for bread, <laughs> fresh bread, and coming back. But, I mean, to my point, though, it just, um, you know, there's not, a, in some of these, in some of these small towns, there's, you know, there's not, like, there are not businesses, there's not this and that, so if you're out of a job, you just, you know, go help one of the businesses, and yeah. your customers are your, your friends, your neighbors, and, you know, so it just all goes round and round. Very communal, it sounds like. Yeah. That's cool. In some areas, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean there was a, there was a, there was a Deloitte, um, like, really, uh, what's town was that in? In Eagle Center, which was very, like, the most eastern that we were, um, along the coast. It's like, what's this Deloitte doing out here? Like a accounting Deloitte. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Damn, that'd be cool. Yeah. yeah, I'm counting at Deloitte. There's a few. Oh, there's no, a few. New York? No, Iceland. <laughs> yeah, there were a few offices there, so it's cool. So, how long are you staying? Are you staying? Like, where are you going? <laughs> okay, so I'm starting in Japan. Um, probably staying there for a little over a month. And uh, 
I'm staying like two weeks in Tokyo and then spending like another two to three weeks traveling around the country. Um, if you can imagine Japan, it's kind of like a backwards L a little bit. Yeah. So I have a Japan rail pass which for two weeks, which gives you pretty much access to the, a rail system to get around the whole country. Okay. And so I'm probably going to use that for two weeks to go way up north to a city called Sapporo, which is like more of like a country, not countryside, but like more landscape-ish and like mountains and stuff like that, more nature stuff. And then head back down south. And like down south is where Hiroshima is. Um, I just need to look at a map. I mm-hmm. can't remember all the cities, but and a lot like more cool and like coastal cities. Yeah. And then I'll probably end either in Kyoto, which was the old capital, or um, or try to fly to the southernmost island of Japan, which is called o- Okinawa, and that's like like warm and like tro- a little bit tropical, like beaches and stuff. Although at this time of the year, I'm not sure exactly what it's like. And then from there, going to Singapore to see an old friend. Oh, nice. Um, and then after that, it's pretty open. Wow. But, I mean, I plan to do Malaysia, Thailand. I want to do Thailand for, like, at least a month. That would be sick. Yeah. Dude, go, like, work with a farmer or, like... Or yeah, no, like I'm going to I'm gonna volunteer on some farms for sure. Yeah. Or, like, some rice plantations or something cool. That would be so cool. Um, so going to Thailand... Uh, Gonna do some Vietnam again because I only was there for four days and did like um, Ho Chi Minh City and Hanoi is the northern more city which is supposed to be pretty cool. Um, I probably won't do Cambodia again just because okay. I, I had like good good few days in there and like I said I'm I'm over the temples. Yeah. <laughs> I don't need to see another temple in Cambodia for a while. Um, Oh, and then Laos, which is like a... Yeah. I don't really know much about Laos. Yeah, I don't either. I, yeah. I know where it's at. Um, definitely definitely want to do Taiwan as well. And then I'm going to spend a, a good amount of time in China with, yeah. with Patrick, yeah, my cousin. cousin. And then after that, probably do uh, Australia, New Zealand, Jesus. and uh, end up in Hawaii in June. Wow, in yeah. June? Yep. So it'll be... A little over eight months total. Holy shit, man! I've got a I've got a pretty interesting goal of trying to get from New Zealand to Hawaii without flying. Really? Yeah. I don't know if it's possible, or if there's like, like ships that do that, or like trade routes or what. But I'm gonna try to see like, if it's possible, or like if I need to work on a ship or something, or. Yeah, try to meet someone. Meet that, someone who has a sailboat. It's like, yeah, let's go sail across Pacific. That would be so cool. Yeah. So, I mean, when you make that goal for yourself, I mean, you got to, like, obviously, like, you got to be realistic. Yeah. Um, but it's also, you know, you start thinking of ways to how am I going to achieve that goal. Yeah. And that's first thing I'm thinking is like, all right, so you got to stay like four to five nights in a town that's near a port or a harbor, right? Mm-hmm. And you start, you know, trying to find a dive bar or a, <laughs> and try to meet like when a sailor comes in yeah, after a long you know, day, you catching, you just crap. start over. I'm, hey, I'm sorry, I thought I overheard you saying you were working on this boat. <laughs> 
you know, I mean, honestly, or like you got to meet a, like you got to try to find a way to stay with the host family that might be able to introduce you to someone, right? Yeah, like, have exactly. You, have you thought about those things? Like, yeah, absolutely. Those, is that a, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, I need to definitely look into it more, but. Yeah, but it's like what, I mean, the, the there's fun, not the a ton fun, of planning you can do for that. Yeah, the whole fun of it is not like you're. You're not like deciding, oh, which uh, which company should I yeah. go with to take me? No, it's like, yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. I actually read about this guy who, um, he's been traveling for a while. I, he might have, I don't know if, he's been to like nearly every country in the world. But his next challenge was, he says, he's going to try to get around the whole world and like do a ton of countries only by sea. So like it, really? it kind of like... Wes actually gave me that like challenge of like he's like oh you should try to get from New Zealand to Australia like sailing or something and then I like linked that with that other guy I was like I'm definitely gonna try to do that like oh, yeah. that would be such a cool challenge yeah but no yeah like that's that's what I'm most excited about for like being able to travel for this long is to like have that time frame you know of like yeah. you can go somewhere for five days and like try to figure something out and then if it something goes well, you can stay. If not, then like you can leave. So, how are you packing? Do you ever imagine that you're not going to be able to find a place to sleep at at some night? Um, not really, because I mean, I'll I'll usually know at least like where my next destination is, at least in a few. Yeah, but I mean, like, where are you gonna like? You know what I mean? Like, where so, am I gonna sleep? Okay, so yeah. say say you you're leaving. You're leaving uh, Indonesia, and the next day is Thailand. Are you going to know where you're going to sleep the first night in Thailand, at least? Yes. I mean, okay. most most places you have to fly into are like a, a major city, you know? Bangkok or right. Phuket or right. So, Chiang I mean, Mai. so you're, like... So, I'll, I'll you're have... Fine with, you're fine with, like, maybe paying for one night at, like, uh, wherever? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And then, but, but I, like, are you going to try... Say you're paying for one night, and then you're going to try to go meet some people and try to, like, maybe, like, meet a friend or, like... So, I mean, what, what my... I'm doing a mix of couch surfing, which, do you know what that is? Well, I, you got to meet someone to get as a couch. No. Oh, really? Okay, so I'm doing a mix of couch surfing, hostels, occasionally Airbnbs, and maybe hotels. It just kind of depends on where I'm at, who I know there, whatever. Yeah. Um, so there's literally a website for couch surfing. It's called couchsurfing.com. Oh, that's really cool. It's pretty much Facebook, but for, hey, I'm a traveler. I don't want to yeah. pay money to stay somewhere. I need a host. Yeah. So... There's a there's a large it's a pretty large community. Yeah, I can actually yeah I can imagine I got started. And so it's this. and so it's just kind of like you message people be like hey I'm gonna be there on this day staying this long or whatever. Um, you you set up a whole profile. It's like it's like a yeah you set up a whole profile and just message people and try to get accommodations that way. Yeah. So like if I know if I'm in Indonesia I know okay I'm I have a flight in a week to be in this area in Thailand. Yeah, so I'm going to start going on that site, try yeah. to find someone, and try to set that up. Yeah. But yeah, if I get there and don't have anything set up, then yeah, I'll do a few nights in a hostel yeah. and pay for that because you know, I have some money saved up for that. But. Right. Yeah, I'm, that's, I'm like, you have a little emergency fund. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh. Yeah, I think you kind of have to or else you're sleeping on a beach or the park bench. Like. Right. Right. So, I had known you were like going to be doing kind of 
I didn't know exactly about cup surfing, what that was, but I knew you were going to be kind of doing that type of travel where it's not, you don't have all of everything planned to a T and you just kind of have to go with it, which is great. Um, and it, it made me think of you when we were out in, um, we were out in kind of the north east, the east and eastern and northern part of, uh, so the northeast part of Iceland. Um, we, Allison and I went out to get appetizers at this pretty nice restaurant that our host recommended, and um, we started talking to our, our waiter, and he had really good English, and he, he seemed like around our age, so I started asking him questions, and he ended up, uh, he was like a 22-year-old um, from Poland, and the, he was just working like for a few months in, in Iceland. So Iceland is really expensive. So why like, is that again? Uh, I don't know exactly why. I mean, everything's imported, so it makes sense. Like if produce is expensive and things like that, but relative to the rest of like Europe, it is really expensive. Like one of the host family was telling us that they would go to Europe and buy a pair of jeans for the cost of a, a bottle of milk. You know, and like so, she she literally packed like an empty suitcase and bought brought back clothes and, and stuff like that. That's wild. And like bottles of wine were as as much as like the yogurt that she eats at breakfast okay. in the morning. So, um, so but it, that makes and it, it, it kind of make, makes sense. I didn't look too much into yeah. the reasoning behind it, but um, so I apparently a lot of students will go work there, and if they live a modest lifestyle, they're making a lot of money. Yeah. Um. And so this this waiter, he was from Sweden, we, we were telling him where we were going next, he was giving us some recommendations, and like the weekend before, he had like two days off, and he, he hitchhiked from Eagle Sador to basically Mavitan, and um, you know the you know the scene in Game of Thrones where Jon Snow and, uh, and Egret are in the cave? Yep. Um, so there, that scene is, is is filmed in two different caves. One of the caves is is by Lake Mavitan in Iceland. And so we went to that cave, and he was telling us that when he hitchhiked, he, um, you know, there's there's hot there's hot like geothermal water in there, and you're not supposed to go swimming in there during the day because it's like one it's kind of dangerous because there are rocks and stuff. Um, and like there's a lot of people going in and out of there during the day so obviously don't want people getting in the water but he went at night and so he's by himself and he's just chilling in there and next thing you know like he said six six other students came in and they're from they're from Reykjavik and they just they all like hung out all night and he was saying they yeah like these students were from Portugal and and <laughs> Australia one was from the states like they're from all over the world like Jeez. a bunch of kids just like hanging out in this pool that they're <laughs> supposed to be in you know and it's like he just kind of camped out and went up there by himself that's it's like so that's cool. so cool you know are there any universities in Iceland um Reykjavik U yeah <laughs> Yeah, ITT Tech. ITT Tech. Um, yeah, I mean, so speaking of, I'll, I'll get to your, I'll get to your, the answer to your question. I'm going to take the long route. Okay. <laughs> um, kind of how I learned it. So, um, that cave, Allison was walking out of it, and she hit her head on a rock, 
pretty hard and, and slipped and fell. And when she got up, um, she was holding her head and she had blood on her hand. So she, oh, she, had cut, she cut her head on a, on a rock. And, um, you know, immediately we both kind of went into, all right, stop moving, don't move your head, you know, mode. And um, we got her over to the car and had some paper towels on, on, on her head. Um, and thank God, just at this same time, a small tour, tour private tour came in and this, um, the woman that was leading the tour had a phone that could get to the local area and also there was a doctor on the tour bus. So this doctor was checking her out. And um, so yeah, it's so lucky. Um, but it really was. I could tell right away that it wasn't that bad. But it definitely, like you could, it was her hair was getting bloody, so you wanted to go check it out. So what was great? The tour guide had a, had contacted the local emergency care, urgent care kind of place. Not there's no hot like it's not a hospital. Yeah. Like I mean, the size of Good Samaritan is probably would take up half of Reykjavik town. Um, <laughs> So there's not like we get to this. She said she calls this and says, go down to the town, take a right, take another right. So I'm like, OK. <laughs> um, uh, and we get to this center and she said she had said a nurse will be waiting for you. So I, I or this nurse is cleaning Allison up and I kind of started asking just some questions. She seems she was super nice, but I was like. So where did you go to school? She said she was from here. And I was like, well, where did you go to school? She's like, oh, and um, I did, you know, she said I did, I did university in, in Reykjavik. And then I did my master's back in my hometown. And she was just explaining that her hometown was like an extremely small town. And we were, she's like, and smaller than this town, if you can believe it. And I'm like, we're like in a... A very small town now. <laughs> so she did her master's program there. So I'm like, what, what does that mean? Yeah. What is um, master's there? <laughs> like, do you read books and take tests? And if you pass, you're good to go? I, I don't know. So that's kind of what I learned a little bit about that that situation, uh, that schooling situation, is that, there, yeah, I'm sure there's some university in Reykjavik, but, um, you know, I think there's a lot of, like, homeschooling type of, stuff and okay and um yeah i don't know i mean she was i mean she was great she cleaned out she cleaned us up and then we we were both kind of standing there like do we need to pay and like do we need to fill out a form like anything like no you're fine like you're sure <laughs> yeah just don't tell uh, don't tell anyone back in the states <laughs> whoops <laughs> <laughs> we were like all right thanks that's oh my gosh that's so crazy yeah, yeah that as opposed to in the U.S. where that run you up like five grand, <laughs> like just like clean well, also <laughs> just to get just to get someone with the right like thing to clean up the wound would probably take a very long time. Yeah, in the waiting area. That's pretty crazy. Like it was. I mean, it was great. And she's like, yeah. There's there's got to be some crazy injuries out there. Like yeah, she with people climbing and yeah. going in those guy like the hot springs and stuff. Like yeah. So they clearly have enough medical knowledge. I mean, oh, yeah. especially in today's era, you know, that's yeah. very shared. But to have the staff and people to do that—that's there, pretty. Yeah, there were a few awesome. times where I was like, if anything were to happen right now, that would this would really fucking suck. Yeah. This, I mean, we you're were, just stuck out there. <laughs> we're stuck, and there's it's probably going to take four hours for the next car to drive by. <laughs> but 
but uh, that's wild. Back to um, this the couch surfing and the staying and stuff. I want to hear oh, yeah. more more about that. Just like I don't know the the, the planning that you've done because planning for a trip like Iceland and Europe for a limited for a short period of time is very easy. You know, there's a lot of people that have done it. Yeah, and <laughs> done it before. There's as you start going these longer trips for questionable periods of time. <laughs> well, so the, the amount of people that have done it less and less. But so yeah, that, that's definitely true. There. But the funny thing about that is there's actually a lot of people who've done similar stuff. Mm-hmm. Like I guess there's the correct term is like vagabonding or vagabond. It's pretty much someone who just kind of pretty much a nomad, just kind of roams yeah. around and like um, I'm fortunate enough to have saved up enough money where I will hopefully be in a position where I don't need to work. Um, yeah. But so vagabonding is essentially where you travel until you need money, then you go somewhere and work till you have enough money to go Get travel again. Yeah. So you just kind of it's a process of that. So just kind of like a roaming nomad where you do odd jobs and work and save up enough money at those times. Yeah, so. enough money for your next flight whenever you, exactly. whenever you get enough money. When is that flight going to be? I don't know. When yeah. I have enough money to pay for exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> so, and so there's, there's actually a lot of people who have done stuff like that, and thank God for the internet nowadays where there are a lot of resources out there. Um, but, you know, that's not something you know about until you start planning for it because you're not just sitting there like, how to travel for six months on the real, like, you know, you're not just thinking about that on a day-to-day basis. Um, yeah. But, you know, a lot of it is you can't plan for it. Like, I can't plan for what I'm going to be doing in January unless I have, like, a person I know I'm going to be visiting. So, like, I have, like, well, actually, late January I'll be seeing Patrick. So, like, I know, okay, I need to be there by that time. Right. In between, like, I don't know what I'm doing and I won't know until it's, like, a, I'll try to start planning a month away so I can get the necessary prices and or flights and stuff. Or Yeah. But, I mean, there's, you know, and so much can change on the road, like, the cool thing about doing something like this is, like, if I get to somewhere and I'm like, you know, I don't want to leave yet. Like, I really like this area. Okay, so I can stay. I don't need to leave. Yeah. Whereas, you know, if you have a limited, okay, here's a two-week window, it's like, well, we can't. We have this itinerary. We got to go. Which isn't a bad thing, you know. This, But if you have an open kind of time frame, it's just like, well, I'm going to stick around here for a little bit longer, and when I'm ready to go on, I'll go on. Yeah. But obviously with like accommodations and stuff, that's and flights and transportation, that's things you want to have locked down yeah. before you get somewhere because yeah, I mean, that's kind I of think, the essentials. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think of the Europe trip and just for that month, like you you can't really do 10 countries in, I think it was even under a month, it was under 30 with, yeah, days. Yeah, you, you have to plan that out. Oh. The, the timing of the trip, like train passes were already bought. Yeah, exactly. bought, you know. Exactly. Yeah, Time when to get where, you know. But yeah. this is a yeah, completely different. It's just a completely style different. Yeah. Traveling. Yeah. It's like a, I mean, honestly, like I, I've been telling a lot of people about it for a lot for a while since you told me this was going to be something you were doing, and you know, people are like, "Who's this? Is this like this kid on a, like on an acid trip?" And he's just like, "Just going for it." You know, it's, I mean, honestly... No, yeah, it's, it's, it sounds crazy. Yeah. It's very like, untraditional. And like, I'm like, no, no, like, no. 
I mean, no one's asked that, but I, you know, you could but, get that oh, dude, feel. When I tell people yeah. that, they're like, "Yeah, oh. yeah." And, like, uh, you good? Like, yeah. But um, one, one of my sales reps, like, "Oh, so you're having a quarter life crisis?" I'm like, "Not entirely. Like, no. you know, just hated this job and don't want to ever do something like it again." Yeah. Have I mean, yeah. single, young, and have money. Right. And yeah. So spare, I was, like, I was going to say, like, what a perfect time to do this. You're 23. You're you know you're single. You got you just got your family. <laughs> you yeah. Know? Like yeah. It's like you got to save some money and yeah. So why not? And obviously, I, I hate to leave my family and friends here and and some of my grandparents and you know it's I never like to do that but it's something where. I may never have this opportunity again. Exactly. No, yeah, you got to take like advantage of it. Either, yeah, exactly. Either take advantage of it, or suddenly yeah, it might or, be gone. Or yeah, or someday you look back and say, "I wish I would have done that." Exactly, which is not something I want to say. Um, but yeah, what no, are you so most excited about? There, I mean, there's so much still unknown. I mean, well, with are the, you excited I mean, about the unknown? I am excited about the unknown. That's um, a good. That's a fun thing to be excited it about. It is. It's and it's. It has taken me a while to be excited about that because, really? like, I mean, well, uncertainty is like such a huge fear. Yeah. Like, there's, you know, just in our day to day life of, even if you have a job and doing whatever you're doing, there's so much uncertainty, and that's like it's fearful because you know we want to be able to predict stuff. You want what's the weather tomorrow? What you know? Yeah, you want we want to be able to know what's going on and how to prep for stuff. Um. Yeah, or and even, this is, is yeah, or even is am I going to have to present to this client today? Yeah, exactly. Who's going to call me today? Who's going to call me? Am today? I going to have to be able to, to sell this sell to this, this yeah. customer? You know, there's, you know, you want to be prepared for stuff, which is yeah. just human nature, or at least for people who want to do well. Um, so I mean, with something like this, there's so much uncertainty. If you aren't excited for it, it's going to freaking kill you. Like. Yeah. You're not. You're going to be paralyzed by it. You're just, right. There's because there's so many options. Just like, what should I do? What happens if I do? You know, you just kind of have to choose something or like weigh your options. Just say, you know, based on the information I know, I like this. I'm going for it. Yeah, see it's, what really, it's a mental it's a attitude. Very, yeah, and and you don't need to do a trip like this to have that attitude. No, I was I was gonna I was gonna say I, I I'm you know I'm trying to relate as much as I can and. When I have gotten out to a position where I've traveled, um, I, I'm like, I would hate to be, you know, this close to something that is like, you should not miss this, you know, and miss it. But, you know, like, what, who, I mean, kind of like, I don't know, who cares? Exactly. <laughs> it's like, who, who cares? Like, long- who cares? I, so, so, like, what, I have to go explain to someone that I missed that? Yeah, I'm, I I miss it because it was pouring rain and I had to keep going. Yeah. I or, or I miss it because I was doing this and I wanted to do this at the moment. It's yeah. like, what does it matter? It's what you know. So it's just like, yeah, like you said, you can just pick it and you just go with it. Yeah, you know. No, yeah, dude, and that's I love that. I love that you brought that up because like, not with travel, yes, but with even with other things in life, like you don't owe an explanation to anyone, mm-hmm. like. As long as you're okay with what you did, then who cares? Like, right. exactly. if if you you know, oh yeah, I did this and said that. So it's like, oh my god, you didn't go to this place? Are you crazy? That we're not rewinding. It's like, yeah. what? Like, I don't yeah. care. Like, yeah. I did this and I had a ton of fun. Like, yeah. yeah. So, 
with that stuff, it's just like you don't need to explain your rationale behind. It. It's just like, hey, this is what I did, and yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm cool with it. Yeah, if you're not, you, then whatever. But yeah. like, yeah, as soon as yeah. you start, as soon as you start trying to, you know, meet other people's expectations, then exactly. you're. Yeah, as as long as you're not hurting other people, do what you want to do. You know. Yeah. It's you're not gonna. I mean, it's, it's such a cliche, like. You're not gonna be happy living other people's lives, like. Yeah, but it's it's true. true. Like, you gotta you gotta do what you want to do because at the end of the yeah. day, you're you're the one who's stuck with those consequences, whether they're positive or negative, and mm-hmm. and you're gonna be able to justify them for yourself. So that's all that matters. So right. Whether traveling or just day to day life, and and yeah, I don't know. Just like when you adopt that mindset, you just kind of like start looking at stuff in a totally different way. Yeah. And just like you start doing things in like in a much more confident way. Just like I'm doing this like like you kinda had that mindset where like Yeah, yeah, I don't want to go out this weekend. And like everyone's like, Wars, come on, we could watch coming out, there's a game. It was like you're just like, No. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. like I don't want to. Like just, just And you Yeah, you're yeah. totally comfortable with that and that's like and that's all that matters. I know. And so I like, get that. I, it's, I mean, I was, you know, just like learning about the power of saying no and how, like, say, how to say no to things. And I'm just thinking about your, I mean, I'm not hurting anybody. And, you know, I'm, I'm sorry if I'm missing going out to downtown Airfield or whatever, but I would rather hang out this Friday night, get a good night rest. I'm going to get up at 6 a.m., ride with, you know, the group that I ride and ride with, and it's like, you know, it's like, she's kind of crazy how some people will just, like, when you start saying no, it's like, dude, it's Friday night, you got like, comes around, we gotta fucking go, man, we're gonna get <laughs> fucked up. It's like, I don't, I don't want to. Yeah, exactly. No, <laughs> it's like, and that's, yeah. yeah, and that's not a bad thing, and like, yeah. it, it takes everyone different amount of time and amount of to, to, to like, maybe yeah. it's, understand that different experiences and different things yeah yeah, exactly i don't know i feel i do feel though once you get i i I don't know i don't there was definitely a point in college where i i was not so confident about that you know there was a point in college not at all yeah no it was because it's not only your group of friends it's the entire community that's like in that sort of mindset yeah exactly and there was just like it's just like a nine stop and um I, I, de- I mean, I definitely, I, my grades set, I, it took hits, uh, you know, some of the important things that I made commitments to, just because I felt like, you know, I, I couldn't miss anything. I couldn't miss a single night of no. of socializing or meeting new people or partying or or, or another, a gr- or joining another group or whatever it might be, and you just stretch yourself so far, it's so thin. And while I doing mean, really nothing for yourself, right, yeah, yeah, exactly. While not even like taking time to li- to listen to yourself or what was important to you at that, and what the principles that you're uh, built on, the values that you have. Once that finally clicked, which you know, I'm, it, which the thing is, is like, you know, just as eighteen year olds going to a large university, going to IU, we had a, an extremely lucky experience to be able to do that. Um, relative to the rest of the 18-year-olds in the world at that time. Absolutely. Because, you know, especially IU, I felt like there's influences from New York, California, coast to coast. And um, 
so you learn what it's like when you're stretching yourself so thin and um, how that those that can negatively impact you pers- like internally by just yeah. by yourself and and with your close relationships yeah um, so it's so good to learn that at a young age so like we were saying earlier it takes some people some t- different timing and experience but once you figure out how to just say no and just like be confident in the decisions that you're making <laughs> it's like it's just oh, the, it's dude. just the greatest thing you're just yeah. I, you just I'm so like yeah. happy I, I've had arguments with people that are 28 years old when I start saying yeah I think I'm just gonna hang out I'm just gonna stay in my parents house until Allison's you know near and we can move in together and they're like but it's so fun living in Chicago like you're gonna miss out on the greatest time of your life I'm like that's the greatest time of your life exactly right like you had that's your definition of fun that's your thing I get what you're saying but it's like you know and they're like you're moving too fast all these things I'm like this but this is what I no this is where I'm at yeah it's what I don't know well, no, and and, and it is, like, getting to the point where you feel comfortable saying no with stuff, like, like this year has definitely helped me with that, like, living in Austin, like, there would be Friday nights, or, you know, there's always something to do, yeah. and it'd be a Friday night, and I'd be like, I'm gonna stay in and, like, read a book, and, like, whatever, and, like, just chill, maybe watch a movie, like, and people would be like, what? I'd be like, yeah, like, I, yeah. You know, I don't want to go out, you know, and this, and so to get a point to where you are comfortable to say no, that takes a lot, and that's difficult to do, and takes some time to understand and being able to say that. But to be on the other side and to be like, especially with your friends, and be oh, like, yeah. "Hey man, come out tonight! Like we're all going. Everyone's coming. Like yeah. Cubs are on. It's gonna be a crazy night. You gotta come." Yeah. And like to be one because you want to hang out with them too. And it's like, "Hey, come out with us." And then and they're saying no, and you see that you're like, right. "It's it's not like." It's almost like they take it personally in a way. Yeah. And it's very hard to to just look at that and be like, okay, man, have a good night. Yeah. And it's and I'm I'm guilty. I'm still guilty that sometimes is you know I still need to work on that. But like, it's so hard to just be like, hey, all right, you're doing your thing tonight. Great. Have a good night. Hope to see I know. you soon. Yeah. Dude, that's almost I, more difficult than being able to say no to yourself. Yeah, but it's like I that's you're, that's a great point, and I've I've I mean I've definitely. I don't know. I feel like just the like if you study just like emotional intelligence, and um, so you gotta have to have, be able to understand both sides of the this perspective, right? So there's definitely been times that you're you're right where I feel like when I'm saying no that I don't want to go out. The, the hardest battle for me saying no is that I I feel like I'm that person is taking it personally that I don't want to go join them. So you're, you're so right being on the other shoes. You're like, yo, let's go do this. And they're saying no. Like you just got to take yourself at that time. You got to take yourself to the moment in your life when you've said no and 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 like just been on the other side. And you just got to say, all right, you got your thing going. Yeah. Do, your, do your thing. Like it's not. It's not. It's nothing yeah. personal. It's just like, like hey, it's another, like, we're just on di- another we're on different vibes, different timelines right yeah. now. Just, but it's like, yeah, but the thing... Well, it's, it's, it doesn't though. negatively impact our friendship, like... Right. It's just like, hey, tonight is not the night, you know. I mean, but the thing... I don't know. The thing is, is like, I feel like it's taking so many people so long to get there. 
Oh, and there's people that never will get there. That's there's there's yeah. seven. Oh, yeah. I don't know that for sure, but there's there's I mean, people there's, yeah, there's, way older than us who never get there. Yeah, there's this, people on this. Yeah, I know that for a fact. Yeah, there's, there's people on the street, like in the neighborhood. Like yeah, there's people you work with. I bet who still aren't there. Like who still feel like they are in college and like maybe third. Like maybe have a wife and kids and family. And they still feel like they need to be keeping up with the Joneses. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's just like I mean, it, yeah. At a certain point, it's like. What what's gone, dude? I where what's what's been your track so far where you haven't, where you're still on this? Yeah, like? one thing I love about riding with these older group of guys is uh, like the way like these are like these are the they're the group of guys like this is the group of friends in the neighborhood and I'm so lucky that I can ride with them and stuff. But um, you know, we there's an email chain that says like. Um, you know, who can ride on Monday we start getting tabs. So if there's anyone that's a couple minutes late, like, oh, we're waiting for this person because they said they could ride, right? So we say, who's riding Monday night? And people are replying, or who's riding Wednesday night? And then who can make it Saturday morning? If there's ever, like, a last minute, like, uh, that they say can't make it, it comes with no explanation. Yeah, you don't You don't need to explain. <laughs> like, hey, can't make it. Yeah, it's just, hey, can't make it. And it's just like, okay. Like, yeah. hope, hope to see you next week. Yeah. That's <laughs> it. That's it. And it's fucking awesome. It's so awesome. Like, I feel like just, it's just with like the simplest things. It's like, hey, even just this week, I was going to stay with, uh, I was going to stay with a couple friends downtown, Eddie and Amanda, you remember yeah. them. And Link was going to come over and we were going to rehearse the song that I'm singing at my sister's wedding because Link's got, Link can play guitar. But Link, Link, didn't get off work till nine thirty, so he probably wasn't gonna get it over until t- over there until ten. This was like Tuesday night. I usually go to bed like <laughs> around nine thirty, ten, and I also wasn't feeling well. I was I wasn't feeling well. I'm like, I was thinking, you know, I'm rehearsing with my cousin a few hours before. Like, I probably don't need this rehearsal. You know, these close friends. I I, I can't go to this. But it took like, I felt like it took me like. A handful of explanation why I, I don't know actually I feel like that was more of an internal battle than actually what it took but I just well, felt like I spent an internal battle it's like, your close being, friends being and you, like, want, you want to at least give them a reason like hey guys yeah, you know like but it's I like, was planning on coming I, but, it, but like this was going on I can't yeah but it's but I was like I just I just knew that I didn't, was not feeling well and I should go home and get sleep yeah and but like I I, it, I didn't Maybe it was more of a chill thing, and maybe they just needed a hey. I, I'm not gonna be able. I gotta go home. Yeah. But I still got like an oh man or oh bummer type of thing. Yeah. You know, but it just I don't know. It, well, yeah. I mean, I, I guess, guess there's different levels of it. Where like maybe yeah. they're looking forward to seeing you. Right. I don't know when. Right. When's the last time you yeah, guys yeah, see each other? Weekend, but, how long it's been planned? Yeah. But yeah. I mean, with certain stuff, it's just like, or like, yeah. It's just like hey, I can't. I can't make it. Yeah. All right. It's hard to hear. Hope yeah. to see you soon. Like, you know, you, you don't need to explain everything to everyone. Like, because what is it? If it's is it really gonna help? It it doesn't change the fact that you are there or not, or you can do this or that. It's just like, yeah. hey, this is this how it is. I it's not happening. Or, but yeah. yeah, and that's something that is like is a lifelong process of trying to perfect and understand and, and just. Yeah, I'm trying to like if, see if I can pinpoint like when or where or what 
kind of influence that understanding, but I think it's just like a combination of things of, um, I don't know, maybe it's a combination of the relationship that I have with my dad. Like, you know, we're straight shooters, and, you know, there, there are times that I've asked him to maybe, like, pick me up from the train or something, and he's like, sorry, like, no can do. And it's like, I know for a fact that if he could do it, he, he would do it. it. Yeah. And he just can't do it right now. Yeah. So, I like, there's, no, I don't know, there's, you can't, I'm not, there's no, you get that, and I feel like there's a lot of people that would get that and be like, are you kidding me? You can't, you can't do this? What could you be, what else is there that you, is going yeah. on in your life that, that it could be better than, or that you couldn't take five minutes out of your way to do this, <laughs> or like, come get yeah. me. You know, like, like and personally get victimized, personally victimized, and they get all upset, and that has to raise blood pressure, and like get them all thinking. It's like you get that text. It's like, all right, okay, I'll if I really can't walk home from the train station right now, I'll call an Uber or or like I'll figure it out. Yeah, you know, and exactly. then you just move on. You exactly. just keep you keep whatever positive mental attitude you got going on. Exactly. So I, I'm trying to figure out where like that really like clicked but um there are people i don't know there are people in my life that i'm like hoping that it does click because it's like what are you getting all worked like worked up so yeah so i just just, it is what it is (laughs) so maybe it's like the the relationship level you feel with that person like with your dad obviously it's like you know i if he was able to i know he'd be here yeah if he if he said hey i can't he can't it's very like he doesn't need to say anything more he can't that's all i need to know Right. So maybe, like, I actually kind of, maybe, yeah, like, when, when meeting new people, if they're like, hey, we're all going out tonight, like, you know, last weekend was so fun, let's do it again tonight, and you're like, you kind of feel guilty that you're not there. It's like, hey, like, yeah. sorry I can't make it, I have this going on, but you feel like you need to explain why you're not there, because, like, you don't feel comfortable enough to just, like, it almost, it's like a very, like, blunt honesty. It's just like, hey, not going to be there. Yeah. You know, and it, yeah, and it can come off as yeah. being a little bit of a dick, you know, in some ways, if you don't know that person well enough. So maybe it's a little bit of the extent of the relationship mm-hmm. you've had. But, but yeah, it's, it's such a good point. Like, mm-hmm. you, don't, you don't need to explain yourself to everyone. Obviously, if, yeah. it, if it deserves an explanation, you're, you'll give it. And, you know, but, yeah, very true. All right. Well, we got off the we got off the topic of yeah, travel a little bit. Yeah, didn't need a lot of. Equipment. Let me. Uh, but no, this is good stuff because this can be applied to whether you're traveling or not. And like, when you're traveling, there's un- unlimited options. Things you can see. People, depending where you're at, people you can go to see, hang out with. You know, it it doesn't stop. So whether you're traveling or not, see if you can apply this to your life. Whatever. Maybe it means nothing to you. But whatever, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say. All right, but I got I got two more questions for you. Okay, but we gotta go. wrap up this podcast. All right, I'm um, ready for it. All right, one of them. Throughout all your travels, and maybe the last year or two or beyond, what's one thing you've learned that, or yeah, what's one thing you've learned that you felt you wouldn't have learned? Had you not traveled? It's a good question. Uh, I definitely, there's definitely a an unlimited amount of 
there's just countless amounts of, of lessons that I've learned that um, I might not be able to pinpoint all of them. Um, but definitely one thing that I started to learn at a, at a, in high school uh, when, when Lee and I actually, when we did travel for church choir, um, and you started, and, and this is just in the United States, you started to travel to different cities and we were hosted by different people. Um, I, I started to just learn this theme that everyone has a story. You know, everyone's got their own story. They've got their own thing going on in their life. And that definitely just, um, that understanding grew so much when you brought it to other cultures, other languages other countries that are influenced by other world events that have different histories, that have different values. Um, it just brought that, that meaning to, to that simple theme that everyone has a, a, their story. Um, it, brought, it brought the value to that uh, to, to a level that you know, I, I definitely would not be able to understand had I not traveled. Okay. I like that. All right, well, final question is if you could sum up all of your traveling experience, maybe what you've learned or just whatever, all, throughout all your travels, if you could sum it up into one sentence, one phrase, whatever, however you want to put it, how would you put it? Oh, man. Yeah, I know it's, I know it's a tough one. That's why oh, I saved man. it for last. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, based on your last it's, answer, yeah, everyone's got a story. Everyone's got a story, <laughs> but just like, um, just eat, drink, and and be merry. <laughs> I mean, life's. Too, I mean, it's so cliche, but it, it's just life too short to get worked up about and sweat the small stuff. Go out, see see the world, because you meet people that are living this type of lifestyle every day. It's just like. Fuck it. <laughs> All go. right. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much, Lars. This has been fantastic for the first true ever Edge of Comfort podcast episode. Hope you guys enjoyed and be ready for the next one. Cheers.